the book of Nahum this evening. Nahum, where it's the end of the Old Testament. This is the conclusion of the story dealing with the capital city of the Assyrians, Nineveh. We saw them back in the book of Jonah. Recall that God sent Jonah to the city of Nineveh to warn them that within 40 days, if they did not repent of their wickedness, he was going to judge them. Remember, Jonah didn't want to go. God persuaded him via the great fish. Jonah went, gave the message, and the people believed what the Lord had to say to them. From the king all the way down to the lowliest citizen of the city and the animals as well all went into a fast in preparation for what was coming. They, according to Jonah, they did repent of their sin and they went into a period of mourning hoping that the Lord would repent of the judgment that he had told them that was coming. Jonah went outside the city, sat down underneath a plant that grew over him to give him some shade to see what would happen. And the Lord spared the city of Nineveh at that time. Now we're gonna flash forward maybe 100, 125 years to the time of Nahum, what he's predicting is going to happen. And we're going to see a different approach to the city of Nineveh than we saw back in the time of Jonah. In your notes, you'll see that the name Nahum means comfort or encourage. And this is truly a message of comfort or encouragement for the people of Judah, because Assyria was a, uh, a thorn in the flesh, first for Israel, taking them away into captivity, and then also provoking the nations of Judah as well. And they were in a situation where they were not quite sure what was gonna happen, so God gave this message to Nahum to give to the people of Judah as an encouragement that things are not gonna be this bad in the future as far as the serious concern that the Lord will deal with the city-state of Assyria. The book, only three chapters, but it goes through the gamut of the wickedness and cruelty of Assyria, the pride of Nineveh, but hope for the people of Judah. I'd like to read the notes on the back to give everybody a synopsis of what we'll be looking at. So if you turn over on the back of your page where it says notes. The book of Nahum shows us the conclusion of Nineveh and the nation of Assyria. In the book of Jonah, God gave wicked Nineveh a chance to repent, and they did. Now, around 612 BC, Nineveh has returned to her former ways 
and is about to receive the Lord's judgment. In the first section, chapter 1, verses 1 to 15, the Lord declares his goodness to those who trust in him, but his wrath to his enemies. Wicked, cruel, and adulterous Assyria will receive her utter end. Assyria's domination of Judah will be broken, and Nineveh's idols destroyed. Joy will return to Judah and his people. The Lord will use an alliance of Babylon and the Medes to accomplish his will upon Nineveh. The city will be destroyed, the people taken captive, and her silver and gold taken in spoil. Her sins included religious prostitution, wishcraft, and pride from her great wealth and power. God would remove her might and destroy her trading and commercial network. Nineveh would disappear from the map for a time as her wound was so grievous. The Lord punished her wickedness. Let's take a look at some of the verses here in the book of Nahum. Maybe 100, 125 years as far as the events are concerned. When the books were actually written, was that, that kind of varies depending on who you talk to. But the actual event of the warning to Nineveh followed by the judgment upon Nineveh, maybe 125 years, something like that. All right, I'm looking for a reader for chapter one. I want to see verses one to three and seven and eight. One to three, seven to eight. Uh, start with Miss Kelly, then I'll move over. And here's the context of the book of Nahum. The Lord is angry against the people of Assyria. Nineveh is their capital. He's jealous over his land. They have abused first Israel, and now they're working on, on Judah. He's not going to sit back and watch this any longer. Though verse, four, verse 3 says he is slow to anger, eventually he does come as a whirlwind, it says, in, in the storm, as the clouds are the dust of his feet, he's coming to deal with Nineveh. Verses 7 and 8, an interesting pairing, this sort of summarizes the theme, the message that we see in the book of Nahum. Verse 7 would be for Judah. The Lord is good a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Judah is his people. He listens to them. He deals with them. He protects them as they obey him. Verse 8, however, is the flip side. This is his anger towards first Israel's and then Judah's enemies, in this case, Assyria and the capital city of Nineveh. 
but with an overrunning flood, he will make an utter end of the place thereof, and darkness shall pursue his enemies. The Lord is taking this personally, dealing with this as a general would deal with uh, the war that is set before him. Let's go a little farther. Chapter 1, verses 13 to 15. Who'd like to read that for us? Doctor? Verse 13, indicating that Assyria had some sort of control, even at this date, over the people of Judah, talking about his yoke being broken off from them and their bonds being burst asunder. God is doing this for them. The, uh, verse 14, talking about the idolatry that was in Assyria, something that God does not like, does not want to see. That was going to be taken away. Verse 15, a note of encouragement again. Good tidings coming, peace coming to Judah. God telling them in commandment that they should keep their solemn feasts, perform their vows, that the wicked will no more be passing through them. As the end of verse 15 says, Assyria, Nineveh is utterly cut off. Let's skip down to chapter two, and we'll look at some of the details of the actual judgment upon Nineveh. Chapter two, I need a reader for verses three to six and eight to 10. Three to six, eight to 10. Brother Dave. This is a picture of the invading army that God would use to destroy Assyria and Nineveh, their capital. Talking about the mighty men made red, I believe a reference to the blood that's going to be shed. This would be the blood of the Assyrians, most probably. Chariots, verse 4, raging in the streets, moving quickly. Verse 5, People trying to make a defense on the walls, but the, wall, but the defense is not going to work. Verse 6, apparently they did some water moving, uh, talking about the rivers of waters and the gates being opened. They, best they can tell in, in history, they did some moving of the riverbed to move it against the walls so the force of the river would actually wear the wall down to the point where the invading army of Medes and Babylonians could get into the city. It was a giant city with giant walls and it required access before the people could be taken. Verse 8, people are getting frightened. The forces are told to stand and fight, but none shall look back. They're running the other way. Verse 9, there was great spoil in the city of Nineveh, and that was there for the taking, the reward for the army that came to take them down. And verse 10, she is emptied, she's made void, she is waste, and there's much pain as the destruction occurs. 
One more verse in chapter 2, verse 13. Who'd like to read that for us? Second chapter, verse 13. Brother Dave. Again, a reminder that even though an army of men is there actually fighting, it's the Lord that's doing it. He's behind this. All those I will in verse 13. I am against thee. I will burn her chariots. And everything will be destroyed. All right, skip down to chapter 3. I need a reader for verses 1 to 5 of chapter 3. Anybody want to read that? Miss uh, Leah, would you like to read? Verses of 1 to 5, chapter 3, real loud. Chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, talking about the army coming into the city, the noise of the whip, the sound of the wheels, the horses coming through, the chariots moving quickly, the bright sword, the glittering spear, their weapons, and then a great number of carcasses, corpses, so many that they're stumbling upon them as they move through the city. Verse 4, I wanted to make sure we read that. That's a list of some of the sins that God saw in the city of Nineveh. And uh, we have religious whoredom, we have witchcraft, we have families through witchcraft. And verse 5, a repeat of the phrase, Behold, I, the Lord, am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts, and that they are going to be destroyed to the point where there will be nothing to protect them anymore. It says, I will show the nations thy nakedness and the kingdoms thy shame. Let's go down to chapter 3, verse 7, 12 to 13, and verse 15. Anyone want to read that? Miss Kelly. Make thyself many as All right, so we're looking at, again, the effect upon Nineveh. Uh, nobody is there to comfort her as she is laid waste. Like a fig tree with figs that is shaken and the figs fall off, that's what it'll look like. There won't be any strength in the, the army to defend. Things will just happen very quickly. Waters in the siege, fire devouring. The, She'll be eaten up like the insects, the plague of insects would eat up a crop, canker worm and the locusts. Not a, not a pretty picture. Chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 show us about their pride. They were a rich nation, much like the city-state of Tyre, thought they were uh, very rich and nobody could touch them and everyone loved them. But Nineveh also was taken down. Uh, verses 16 and 17, do I have a reader for that? I'll read that. Verse 16, thou hast multiplied thy merchants above the stars of heaven. The canker worm spoileth and fleeth away, 
thy crowned are as the locusts, and thy captains as the great grasshoppers, which camp in the hedges in the cold day, but when the sun ariseth, they flee away, and their place is not known where they are. So their buying and selling network will be destroyed. The merchants who are involved in the buying and the selling are being sent away in, into exile. They're fleeing. Everything is breaking down very fast as the Medes and the Babylonians come in. Finally, verses 18 and 19, kind of a conclusion of the book. Do I have a reader for that? Chapter 3, 18, 19. God is finished with his judgment. He has done a complete judgment upon them. The leadership is gone. The city has been broken open. Nobody to heal them. Her wound was grievous. Her wickedness is taken away. And that goes back to what we saw in chapter 1, uh, verse 2 and 3, where the Lord was going to deal with the wickedness that was before him, and he did. So that's what happened to Assyria and Nineveh. They had a chance back in Jonah, lasted again for maybe 100, 125 years, but they went back to their ways, their old ways, and God dealt with them. Any thoughts, comments on the book of Nineveh? Brother Dave. My reference was probably, let's see. No, I didn't get, well, let's see. Maybe around 612 BC, I saw one reference to that. It's, it's not clear, 